Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a great job. You can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is Naples Illustrated. Dot com. We've got terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. He'll be joining us. A little information on health care from the trenches. He actually replaced both of my knees in 2006, for which I'm forever grateful. And we'll visit with Bill Barnett. He is the former mayor of Naples. It is July the 2nd on this day in 1964, U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson signed into law the historic Civil Rights Act in a nationally televised ceremony at the White House. In the landmark 1954 case Brown versus the Board of Education, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that racial segregation in schools was unconstitutional. The 10 years that followed saw great strides for African-American civil rights movement as nonviolent demonstrations won thousands of supporters to the cause. Memorable uh, landmarks in the struggle included the Montgomery bus boycott in 1955, sparked by the refusal of Alabama resident Rosa Parks to give up her seat on a city bus to a white woman, and the I Have a Dream speech, of course, of Martin Luther King at the rally of hundreds of thousands in Washington, D.C. in 1963. As the strength of the civil rights movement grew, John F. Kennedy made passage of a new civil rights bill, one of the platforms of his successful 1960 presidential campaign. As Kennedy's vice president, Johnson served as chairman of the President's Committee on Equal Employment Opportunities. After Kennedy was assassinated in November 1963, that was the day that America changed, uh, Johnson vowed to carry out his proposals for civil rights reform. The Civil Rights Act fought tough opposition in, in the House and a lengthy, heated debate in the Senate before being approved in July 1964. For the signing of the historic legislation, Johnson invited hundreds of guests to a televised ceremony in the White House East Room. After using more than 75 pens to sign a bill, and of course we've seen this happen with uh, President Obama and uh, President Trump, he gave them away as mementos of the historic occasion in accordance with the tradition. One of the first pens went to King, a leader of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, who called it one of the most cherished possessions he had. Johnson gave two more to Senators Humphrey and Everett McKinley Dirksen, uh, the uh, Democratic and Republican managers of the bill in the Senate. The most sweeping civil rights legislation passed by Congress since the post-Civil War Reconstruction era, the Civil Rights Act prohibited racial discrimination in employment and education and outlawed racial segregation in public places such as schools, buses, parks, and swimming pools. In addition, the bill laid out important groundwork for a number of other pieces of legislation, including the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which set strict rules for protecting the rights of African Americans to vote, which has since been used, of course, to enforce equal rights for women and other minorities. That is an important piece of legislation passed in uh, 19, was it 1963 or 4? In any event, uh, important, yeah, 1964, important piece of uh, legislation. Well, uh, Senators Johnson from Wisconsin and uh, James Lankford from Oklahoma backed a proposal on Wednesday to replace Columbus Day with Juneteenth as a federal holiday. John, Senator John Cornyn has sponsored a bipartisan bill that would make Juneteenth a day that celebrates the end of slavery, a federal holiday. Cornyn's bill has uh, <clears throat> engendered, I should say, some backlash from Republicans worried about the cost of adding an additional holiday to a uh, federal holiday. We already have 10 of them. Uh, you know, this might be a good idea. I'm not sure. Uh, federal holidays are very costly because we've got 10 of them. Of course, it's a day off. So uh, now uh, Johnson is saying, well, let's just replace Columbus Day. It's not the lightly, it's ce lightly celebrated, less disrupted to anybody's schedule. So let's just make Juneteenth replace Columbus Day. 
I don't know. I, this just seems so tone deaf to me in terms of everything that's happening in the country right now. Why are we focused on this? We've got disruption in the street. We've got chaos going on. What are these GOP senators thinking about anyhow? It seems to me, just in light of uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, comments in the last couple of shows, we should be focused on more serious stuff. We've got serious chaos going on in the streets. Well, U.S. equities are trading higher ahead of a release of June employment report. The major uh, future indexes are suggesting a gain of about 1% uh, today. The June employment re uh, report is going to be released today. Uh, it's a day early because U.S. markets are closed tomorrow because of Independence Day. Another 3 million people are expected to be added to the payrolls, an increase from May's gain of 2.5 million which is the highest on record. The report was a surprise as expectations were looking at a loss of 8 million jobs, so the employment unra uh, unemployment rate right now fell to 12.3%. Pretty remarkable considering everything that's going on with the coronavirus epidemic. Financial markets were mixed yesterday, but of course the futures are up nicely, over 200 right now. Well, let's take a look at Collier County and what's happened with COVID-19. There are 151 new cases and seven new deaths in Collier County yesterday. The county's death toll stands at 81, according to the state, and an increase of 10 deaths verified since Monday. Those new positive cases resulted from a total of 624 tests reported yesterday by the state of for Collier County. That's a positivity rate of 24.2%, uh, the number of confirmed cases compared to tests. Overall, we've got 4,376 cases out of 34,401 tests. The overall positivity rate for Cuyahoga County is 12.72%, uh, and uh, the state's overall positivity rate is 8.02%. So what do you make of all this stuff? Well, again, the focus was supposed to be on flattening the curve, and that's the number of people going into hospitals. We have 328 people who've been hospitalized for COVID-19 here in Cuyahoga County. They're not reporting how many have been released, but I suspect that the, the cases are milder now. No ventilators, uh, because we've learned that you're just not effective to treat COVID-19. And uh, deaths really are down across the nation and here's the thing. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention is essentially setting policy across the country, endlessly putting out a stream of so-called facts that they either revise or rescind. Their latest update on COVID-19 posted yesterday is a real doozy. Here's what the CDC said in section headline. What do the results mean? A positive test. Here's a quote. A positive test result shows you may have antibodies from an infection which, with the virus that causes COVID-19. However, there's a chance a positive result means that you have antibodies from an infection with a virus from the same family of viruses called coronavirus, such as the one that causes the common cold. That's right, folks. Common cold. Uh, because COVID-19 is a coronavirus, like the common cold, you, your positive test means you have COVID-19 or the common cold. J.B. Neiman a managing partner and general counsel of Texas-based healthcare company that owns 13 freestanding clinics, has an idea. He told former New York Times reporter Alex Berenson, you may recall, he put out that pamphlet, which is uh, calling out the uh, CDC on what's happening with uh, COVID-19. If you haven't read it, it's worth taking a look at. I've forgotten the name of it. Anyhow, uh, Alex Berenson has been on the forefront of covering the facts behind COVID-19. Uh, he said the bottom line is money. Neiman told Berenson he has heard several stories of how discharge planners are being pressured to put COVID as a primary diagnosis as it pays significantly better. Hospitals want to avoid the discussion, but if they don't, they risk another shutdown. That may be explanation for why there's a gap in hospital executives saying they have plenty of capacity and the increasing number of COVID hospitalizations. You open up your hospitals for normal medical care and you test every one of those patients. The result is a higher percentage of patients who have COVID now. Mainstream media is breathlessly reporting a spike in new infections, even though we're all wearing masks. So how could that happen? Well, I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> I'm getting mask shamed and uh, virtue shaming going on all the time. But anyhow, uh, virtually no one is reporting that deaths from the virus are way down. 
On June the 27th, there are 623 deaths attributed to COVID-19, according to OurWorldData.com. Two days later, the death toll in the United States was 265. By comparison, 4,928 people died in the U.S. on the peak day, which is April the 16th. Deaths have been declining steadily, at least until June the 26th, when the total reached 2,437. The website notes that some states added probable deaths on that date. The death rose, deaths rose again to 1,270 on Tuesday, but at least one COVID watchdog uh, said that there was a good reason for that rise. The spike yesterday included more than 600 backdated New York City cases, most from three weeks or more, or more ago. In reality, the deaths dropped again week over week, about 25%, Berenson wrote on Twitter. Pretty amazing stuff, isn't it? And then a report comes from thir- a Thursday from the G- GAO office, the Government Accountability Office, levied criticism of the CDC for combining active cases of coronavirus and positive antibody tests, which could give a misleading view of nationwide testing and spreading. The far-left New York Times also reported last week on the GOP report, GAO report, I should say. The report also criticized the CDC's counting of coronavirus Test which combines tests for an active infection and those that detect antibodies. So again, what are we to believe from the CDC? Uh, as I remember Dr. Burke saying, you know what, we just can't trust anything you folks come out with. And of course you have Dr. Fauci, who's out there fanning the flames of fear around coronavirus. It's really a shame, but we need to open the economy and get back to work. No question, the coronavirus is uh, very contagious, so we need to take care with our health. And I certainly do, even though I don't wear a mask. But And I try to be uh, very uh, social distancing. I practice that, all that. But nevertheless, this thing, in my opinion, is way overblown. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Gulf Shore Playhouse, devoted to creating professional New York-style theater at its very best and at affordable prices, presents a fabulous new season of productions beginning in November with a world premiere of a one-man show written by and starring the talented associate artistic director of Gulf Shore Playhouse, Jeffrey Bender. Pinup Girls opens in January, singing a cavalcade of hits inspired by real letters from our troops overseas. Inspired by what they find funny, romantic, heartbreaking, and sexy, the ladies put on a show that celebrate the guys and gals who fight to defend our country. Bang Bang opens in March, written by legendary actor of Monty Python fame, John Cleese. You'll surely be wiping away tears of laughter with this one. William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream opens in March. Meddling parents, impetuous young lovers, and cunning fairies collide in Shakespeare's enchanting classic. Another Revolution by Jacqueline Bircher opens in May. You won't want to miss this timely new work about finding hope in one another through the uncertainty of the world around 
around us. What a terrific season of productions. Tickets for this great new season are available now. Tickets start at only $38. Tickets can be purchased by calling the box office at 866-811-4111 or visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, and you can get a nice discount on tickets. Just go to golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, as I mentioned before the break. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Uh, tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a coalition of now well over 100 groups, 60,000-plus uh, strong. Uh, we focus on K-12 through education. Um, the areas that we specifically uh, advocate for is school choice, um, expanding to school choice here in Florida every which way we, we can, and uh, getting rid of the indoctrination. That uh, And if you look at what's going on in our streets, the indoctrination is a is, in my opinion, is a result of, of handing two year, two generations of our K through 12 education over to the left. Uh, no question about it. And of course, uh, uh, the president has said, you know, the the uh, school choice is the uh, civil rights uh, issue of the day. It's the most important thing going on. And the Supreme Court made a big decision last week. I guess this week uh, announced the decision about school choice. Any thoughts about that? Yeah, it was uh, very interesting. Actually, it was the last day, I guess, the court uh, could opine this season. Um, and Pastor Rick and I were just talking about it a couple days ago. Uh, we, we did some homework earlier in the in the season when uh, uh, the, uh, the um, Institute of Justice, actually, we had one of their speakers over, who, who, lawyers, who was actually uh, had argued that case, the Blaine Amendment. It was based on a Montana case, mm-hmm. um, but it was uh, to strike down um, the Blade Amendment, which I forget the exact number, but something like 27 or 28 counties or states have the Blaine Amendment, mm-hmm. uh, which was limiting, extremely limiting, um, you know, charter schools and uh, other than public schools, private schools. So, um, you know, the, the funds flowing from f- from the government to a private school, for example. Yeah. Uh, we've been able to get around that a little bit here in, in, in Florida with uh, some of our scholarships, but they've been crafted very carefully uh, to avoid uh, that issue. And now that the Supreme Court has struck down the general, the whole Blaine Amendment, I mean, it's just huge. It's huge because it opens up school choice for uh, religious uh, schools, for example, or Catholic schools and whatever Absolutely. it might be. So this is an important uh, uh, an important Supreme Court case uh, to allow school choice, again, to allow parents to participate in the, in the education of their kids and have alternatives to public schools. I think, it's a, I think it's a big, big deal, quite frankly. And I'm very pleased for you because I know that you've made it a big, big issue at the Florida Citizens Alliance. Now, one other thing that, that you're doing is uh, certainly helping uh, citizens and voters understand what their choices might be in elections here in Cuyahoga County and across the state. And we've been doing that for the last eight years. Well, we focus 95% on K-12 education. I mean, it's obvious that there's a relationship between parents and teaching civics to their kids. Mm-hmm. And most most parents, uh, in, in our judgment, um, you know, really don't do their homework. And so what we've tried to do for the last, uh, you know, four election cycles uh, is to help parents vote informed. We put we uh, host forums uh, here in this cycle. We've hosted forum, uh, three forums for uh, Congressional District 19. That, that's uh, There are 11 candidates running for um, Francis Rooney's seat uh, in Collier and Lee County. Uh, we have three of those that we've hosted, and they're up on a, a website, which I'll give you in a minute. And we've also, uh, and you participated in, in, in this side of it, we've also done forums uh, for Border County Commission. Uh, in, in Collier County, we have, um, uh, you know, a, a competitive race in District 1 and District 5. So mm-hmm. uh, we've done a forum there, and that's also posted on our website. And again, the website is uh, goflca.com, if I'm not mistaken. Well, let me uh, let me correct you, and I don't want to get too confusing here. But okay. we do these we do these as a 
uh, an FLCaction.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a C4, uh, 501C4 versus a C3. It just gives us a little bit more room to uh, to do these uh, without any uh, re- reverberation. So uh, the, the, all of the all of this voting information is on uh, FLCaction.org. <laughs> FLCaction.org. Any any forums coming up? No, uh, we're not doing any more forums. Uh, the cycle is right on us. Uh, early um, ma- vote by mail. I still call them absentee. I'm sorry. Vote by mail uh, ballots go out on the ninth, which is right after the you know the Fourth of July weekend. Mm-hmm. And and so people, you know, if you look at history, uh, people uh, a third of the people are going to be have voted by the middle of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we we're doing there is we just finished interviews, 45-minute interviews with all of the candidates that would meet with us, um, all of the, uh, nine of the 11 candidates for CD19 have met with us, including the two Democrats. Um, we've met with both of the candidates, Republican candidates running for House District 80, that's the seat that replaces Byron Donalds uh, since he's running for Congress. And we've met with uh, and interviewed all of the candidates running for uh, Board of County Commission um, seat, uh, districts one and five. Up in Lee County, we've also met with, uh, they have a really interesting situation up there. Uh, all, all of their seats, uh, but one turnover on term limits. Uh, so they have uh, four competitive races for Florida House hmm. and then a compet- very competitive race now. Uh, for that Florida Senate seat, when uh, Fitzenhagen jumped out of the CD19 race and jumped back into the state Senate race against uh, Ray Rodriguez, so we've interviewed all of them, and, and by the end of this, uh, you know, by, by the middle of next week, and hopefully before the ninth, we'll have uh, voter guides that we put together with uh, Christian Family Coalition and ourselves based on constitutional values and faith-based values. And again, that website is flcaction.org? flcaction.org. And on that latter part, um, we've, we, we've got, um, just in Collier and Lee County, we've got close to 100,000 email addresses, so we're going to be uh, emailing those uh, electronic voter guides to close to 100,000 voters from Collier and Lake County. Yeah, what a great service. I, I just really congratulate you. And again, I just remind our listeners, it's, this is bipartisan. It's, you're not taking sides or any, you're making recommendations. You're simply creating information. In, in, in mo- for the most part, they simply are a- answering the same questions on the issues that you've raised with them. The, the interview, I would imagine, is the same pretty much for every yes. candidate. Right. So, uh, again, I just uh, think it's a great source of information. Uh, you're, and I personally vote by, by mail, and the reason I do that is because inevitably I'll find an issue or something on the ballot that I wasn't aware of, and I need to do a little research before I send it in. So this is not like uh, the voting, mail, voting by mail uh, disaster that is being recommended by uh, the Democrat Party right now. This is uh, you. We have a great uh, supervisor, uh, supervisor of elections here in Collier County, and she does a good job. So it's very safe, and uh, I just uh, highly recommend it if you, if you, uh, as a voter. One last thing, if I could, Bob. Uh, yeah. it's Independence Day coming up just uh, literally two days from now. Yeah, and we're working with another uh, several other groups uh, and. Uh, uh, hosting a uh, a, per, a demonstration slash parade. It's a flag waving kind of event uh, with this spirit of liberty. There are four or five groups working on this, and we'll be doing that down on the corner of uh, 41 and Fifth Avenue in in Naples, uh, starting at noon. It lasts about an hour. All right. So, so bring a flag uh, and come down and wave it. <laughs> With other yeah. participants, that's that's kind of the deal. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show again. And remind our listeners, get, uh, FLC Action, flcaction dot org is the website to get all this great voter information. Keith, genuinely appreciate your commentary. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care. Have a great 4th of July weekend. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. George Markovich. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. He is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and yeah, it's not going very well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. So, Seton, uh, you wrote a great column. So interesting. Defend private property or get mob rule. Boy, so appropriate for uh, the situation in today's world. Tell us about it. Yeah, I, I was looking at. You know, one of the fundamental things that's being violated in all of these. Riots and that is, of course, people's private property is being destroyed, and the institutions that are supposed to defend private property are not. Mm-hmm. And of course, these that are doing this, and Marxists loathe private property, so they're they're attacking it. And these elected idiot Democrats in these cities and states aren't stopping them because they're Marxists and they are down with the struggle, and. It's really, you know, I wrote a piece two years ago now where I just basically looked at, you know, only savages don't value creation. Mm -hmm. And people create small businesses. They, you know, they they create the the value that allows them to purchase their properties, whether it's a condo or a home or an apartment or, you know, whatever. And all the all the items in their homes that they choose to own and 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 have as part of their existence, this is all creation. And only the most brute savages don't appreciate that and don't respect it. And that's what we're dealing with here. Is you know, um, um, Thomas Hobbes wrote Leviathan. I think it was published in 1651. It's mm-hmm. a long treatise about how without the value without valuing creation and private property nothing will happen nothing yeah. will nothing, human humanity will do will not advance at all and they'll be you know in, we'll be in caves huddled around fires fighting over whatever scraps we can get yeah, yeah. you know well, see let me make this comment I, the, the fact that there's a uh, strict correlation between the uh, the uh, well-being of people across the world and the uh, 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 protection of properties. 
A protection. Henri de Soto was a South American economist who looked at private property and as, as like the a fundamental component of civilized society. Absolutely. And and um, and so and I you know I said that you know the savages don't have to be mass marauders you know burning things. There are the high you know the 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 white collar version of these people. Yeah. And to me, the quintessential example of that is Google. Google steals IP all the time, intellectual property, mm -hmm. which, of course, is more important, I think, than property. If someone steals my laptop, a couple thousand dollars and I can replace it. Right. If someone steals the intellectual property that created the laptop, there goes you know billions of dollars of investment and millions of hours of time spent developing it. Right. And they can't make their money back anymore because they don't own the property anymore. Right. And so, you know, Google comes in and, you know, in a savage uh, society, uh, might makes right. Brute force always wins. And that's what Google does. They're worth a trillion dollar market cap. Mm -hmm. And they steal from companies that aren't worth anything and then say, hey, we'll go see in court. And, of course, who can afford the long, drawn-out, protracted court fight? Um, one of the things I, one of the examples I gave was this company called Sonus that is accusing Google of stealing their uh, speaker technology. Right. Sonus is worth $1.5 billion. Google's worth a trillion. Gee, I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> who's going to win that fight? Yeah. Um, and, again, it's just brute force stealing what you know what they want regardless of who created it regardless of you know the 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 alleged right of ownership and that you know that's not good now the example you i think you and i talked about this uh, oracle is a is a i think the market cap of oracle is about 160 billion mm -hmm. um, the article but then of course it changes because the stocks rise and fall but anyway they're worth about 160 billion. Well, that's nothing compared to Google's 900 plus billion. But at least they have some oomph behind them. They're not Sonus, right? Right. And they're fighting back, and they've been in court with Google for over a decade now. It's finally we're waiting for the Supreme Court to hear the case. Google stole 11,500 lines of code from Oracle's Java and yeah. built Android, which is now the number one operating system on the planet. Yeah. And they didn't get any licenses for it. They just took it. And they actually were negotiating for for the 11,500 lines of code. And then they just stopped and released the phone. Yeah. They said, we'll see you in court. So we've been in court. And the, 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 the ridiculous, I love this. This is so stupid. The argument they make is fair use. Yeah. The, the, the copyright fair use is for the written word. It's for like... You excerpt an article as part of news reporting or as part of commentary. Java's ones and zeros don't excerpt into commentary or news reporting. That's right. So and we well, should we it, should get the, the results of this case any day now, shouldn't we? Well, they, they were supposed to hear it, I think, in April. But then with the COVID freakout, um, things got delayed. Uh -huh. And they're starting to hear cases remotely. So I don't know when we're going to... I, we should have heard something in April, but then we had the stupid freakout. So I don't know when we'll hear it. Again. Yeah, well, the point is we need to protect private property, especially intellectual property. That's the case that you're making, and uh, all of us need to be aware of that, especially when we're seeing what's happened with mob rule here in the United States. See, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary. I recommend uh, your website, lessgovernment.org, to our listeners. Genuinely appreciate you so much for joining us. Much, sir. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, orthopedic surgeon uh, George, Dr. George Markovich. We'll be visiting with him. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink, as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners 
offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog Tooth Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I just want to do a little shout-out to uh, St. Matthew's House. They're doing such important work here in the community, and I hope you'll patronize their businesses. They have about six or seven of them, I think, to create 70% of their revenue. But also, uh, make a donation, stmatthewshouse.org, and helping the homeless. Uh, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Dr. George Markovich. He is my orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees in 2006 and did a terrific job. I'm so grateful for his help. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Dr. Mar- Markovich. So, so many things I want to talk to you about, but I'd like to start off with coronavirus. Sure. Uh, I wonder just uh, how's that affecting your practice, number one, and number, I'd just love to get your opinion and thoughts about uh, contagion versus hospitalization and so forth. Yes. So, you know, this has been with us for several months. Yeah. Uh, it's a infectious disease. It's a virus, and, you know, there's a lot of historical uh, perspective, and there's a lot of confusion. I think people are scared. Mm-hmm. I think people really don't understand a lot of what's going on within, you know, medical uh, realm and political realm, and I think they're being mixed together. Mm-hmm. I think that <clears throat> the policymakers, um, you know, I'll give you a little perspective, okay? So epidemiologists are a pessimistic bunch. <laughs> they're not real doctors. They don't treat patients. They look at models. Oftentimes they're wrong. They collect data <clears throat> from various sources, and they try to institute research directions that sometimes work and sometimes don't, but try to promote the collective good in terms of public health. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of nuances to medical care, and there's a lot of nuances to societal uh, uh, order. Mm-hmm and the rule of law. <clears throat> and I think that things are getting mixed up quite a bit these days. What I try to do is remind my patients that the mortality rate from a coronavirus, and including this particular uh, strain, a novel virus, is 0.3%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if people have not dealt with their risk-reward ratios over a long period of time, in other words, they've for whatever reason, develop chronic diseases and uh, various comorbidities, they're going to have a lot higher chance of succumbing and becoming part of that 0.3% that are going to succumb to the illness and lose their life. Mm -hmm. And it's more prone to people that are going to lose their life anyway, the elderly. Uh, And so what you want to do is you want to try to improve uh, your uh, risk in terms of living 
being part of the 99% plus that are going to make it through and not get too bent out of shape. Most people that catch the virus, uh, especially if you're young, don't even know they had it. Right. They're completely asymptomatic. And, you know, you can spread things, but that's what herd immunity is. Mm-hmm. Herd immunity is having enough people get exposed to the uh, viral uh, organism or other, you know, communicable diseases and develop immunity to hopefully withstand uh, the negative effects. Yeah, like other viruses that we've experienced. So just to, not to put you on the spot, but just to get, get your thoughts about uh, wearing a mask and social distancing. Well, I think washing your hands and uh, being respective of people's space is a, is a good way to be, mm-hmm. you know, for spreading anything, mm-hmm. including the coronavirus. So uh, <clears throat> I think that um, washing your hands, having good, you know, hygiene, uh, staying away from people that you think are sick or that uh, aren't sick when you are not feeling quite 100%. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now, I don't think there's any data to show that any of this stuff makes sense. I mean, why wearing a mask in one part of the day while when you go home and hang around your family members without a thought of it or wearing the mask? That inconsistency <clears throat> is is not, uh, to me, uh, a good way to study a problem. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that being respectful of people and treating them with dignity and, and you know, is always a good thing. Um, unfortunately, again, you know, I think that it's a little confusing time right now yeah. uh, politically, and I, and I think that's creating a lot of this uncertainty. You know, if I was in China and I was studying communicable diseases and I looked at bacteria, which basically are an invading force overwhelming uh, an enemy, if you will, and we have more bacteria in our bodies than we have cells, human <laughs> cells. You've heard me say that before. You yeah. know, we coexist. Mm-hmm. Now, viruses are a little bit different. They get into the machinery. Imagine, you know, uh, uh, a, a, an element getting into a, a, a factory, creating armaments, and then attacking the, the people that work at the factory. That's what a virus does. It creates itself. It uses the, the the cell's own machinery to create itself to overwhelm the host. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we face a lot of threats these days, and and the main one is a lack of understanding, ignorance. Mm -hmm. Ignorance breeds bad decision-making, and it breeds uh, behavior that's not... uh, a good way to be. Yeah, no, Dr. Well said. You know, I, I, quite frankly, I just have a little, lot of difficulty trusting what I'm hearing from the CDC, so you tend to discount that. And, and the natural occurrence is when people, in the absence of good information, they tend to make things up. So what I see is just a lot of the fanning of the flames of fear uh, with uh, with what's happening. You know, for example, you just seeing the uh, Democrats not showing up in Congress and all wearing masks and this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's or or worried about you know uh, statues that have been they they've walked past uh, back and forth for yeah. years and years and years and now all of a sudden it's a problem. It's so you know again consistency is, is really important. Uh, quality is limiting variability. There's just too much variability in the world right now, and 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 so you got to take a step back, take a deep breath, and and, and again, I agree with you. I, I think that. People are looking at things uh, in ways that aren't real sensible or rational. There's many, many tests out there. What does a positive test really mean when the false positive rate is very, very high statistically? So when you have a positive test, does that mean you're sick if you're completely asymptomatic? No. Does that mean that, you know, you can do uh, a quarantine? I mean, China controlled what's happened in Wuhan by locking people in their houses or getting rid of them. Mm -hmm. And that's why Beijing wasn't affected as much. Now, they had no problem with unleashing the virus to the rest of the world. They just contained it within their own borders because they understood basic principles and they can control the population. Now, I think 
and again, I, I would tell you in being in the Navy for 14 years and having been a doctor for over 30 years, <clears throat> that I look at data, I look at information, and I try to process it accurately. Mm-hmm. When I was in the Navy, the, the Chinese stole missile technology. I knew it, and you know, I knew people that can confirm that. That was years and years ago. Ask the Japanese how ruthless Chinese government can be. Uh, you know, so <clears throat> I think that's the threat, and I think that a lot of what's going on is societal change that's not for the better, it's not for improvement of society, and it's questioning a lot of different things. From a medical standpoint, we have a virus that's going to be with us for a while. Second wave, third wave, it's just coronavirus season, just like it's flu season or cold season. That's what's going to happen. But the mortality rate is less than 1%. Doctor, so well said, and I think keeping that in perspective is so important. I do. Before I let you go, I do want to talk about your practice because uh, I think you've just done a wonderful job for me. Replaced both of my knees in 2006. Again, it's just it changed my life actually because I was so bow-legged, deformed that I grew about a half an inch after <laughs> after the operation. But I also had, uh, you know, I, it just changed my life. I could bicycle. I could. Uh, do all the things that I wanted to do that I was I couldn't even walk across the parking lot I couldn't sleep well so if for any of our listeners that are experiencing joint pain shoulders ankles knees whatever it might be uh, it doesn't necessarily mean mean you need a knee replacement because you know what I I had uh, I was treated by Dr. Markovich for a couple of years before we actually decided and I, I pretty much said please let's Let's do this. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, call Dr. Markovich at 482-5399. Dr. Markovich, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with the uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, as, as always, uh, 
Thursday, and and here we are again. Here we <laughs> for a lot of <laughs> lot of years. You know what? It's been over a decade, and uh, just really been a pleasure. First of all, to have you as a guest, you always wow. always uh, very informative, but also entertaining, and just to become a good friend. I just genuinely appreciate well, that. Well, that that's a, a reciprocal there. So so it 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 has worked for both of us, and we'll continue doing it until you boot me off the air. How's that? <laughs> That sounds great to me. It's not gonna. I'm not booting you off the air. Okay. So, hey, so uh, yeah, but uh, you know, what do you see going on? in anything, any good scoop in Naples? Oh well, you know, uh, Bob. I'll, I'll tell you. They, they can, you know, what's planned for Saturday? They have three protests planned, um, and um, one of them is going to be a family, a little family event. They're walking up Fifth Avenue South, I guess to to, you know, be good to your neighbors and your friends and whatever, just a, just a, with kids and what have you. Uh-huh. And then you have one that's going to be pro-police, which I'm all for, yep. okay? Um, and then they're going to have one at 6 o'clock from, it's my understanding. I don't have the times exactly right, but they're also going to be marching, and they want to, you know, um, disband the county sheriff's office, uh, defunded, et cetera, oh my gosh. which I am, uh, uh, absolutely so against, uh, I, I, I just can't say it enough about, about my uh, negativity toward that. Um, I mean, and I said, um, uh, yesterday I was talking to somebody and, um, I just said, you know, this is regardless if it sounds a little bit snooty. But this is Naples, Florida. Yeah. Okay. I've been here 47 years. All right. I've seen lots of things happen and whatever. But this is, I, I think you got to draw the line, Bob. I think on a lot of these things that are going on uh, in our uh, in our country and society, I think yeah, somebody's got to draw the line and somebody's got to be able to speak up. I mean, it's got to be a fair balance, period. Well, you know, I'm not. I'm not squawking about the Black Lives Matter, but I think all lives matter if you really want to look at it that way. And, right. Um, I, I, I just I think that we need to make a little readjustment. Um, and these protests are, look, I know it's within their right, uh, um, and I have no problem with that, but I, I just think they're going over the top. Well, uh, you just first of all, the, the ability to protest or express your point of view, First Amendment rights, we all support. It goes without saying. Right. But the, what the problem is, we have chaos and mob, you know, the, the uh, looting and pillaging and uh, hurting other people, calling out the police and doing what, the, this is just not right. This is, uh, it, it needs to right. stop, quite frankly. And I totally support what you're saying. I just don't understand how, uh, law enforcement first responders can take the abuse they're taking, continue to do the good work they're doing. My concern is we're going to see a lot of good of the good folks, uh, you know, quitting their jobs or going uh, doing something else as a result of all this. And you know, Bob, if you really if you really give it a, a, a second thought about how does one become a um, uh, law enforcement officer, or first responder, fire, or whatever, mm-hmm. and when you think about the, you know, the the when you think about the schooling that they've been through, the academies that they've been through, the training that they go through. Now, look, we all know none of us are perfect, okay? Right. And there are some bad apples out there. Nobody would deny that, okay? But mm-hmm. to 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 say that they're all bad and that they need to, to, to defund and they need to whatever, yeah. What are you going to do in an emergency call, a social worker? Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, I don't know if you, you saw the story, but the uh, mayor of uh, Seattle, uh, some uh, looters and pillagers started to surround her home. <laughs> and she, oh my God! Who is she going to? She had nobody to call. That's right. I mean, uh, well, I can't imagine how the police would respond if they, if they called her. But it's you know, uh, the, the, what's really disappointing is to see elected officials not support these people. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, that that bothers me. Um, that bothers me a great deal, um, and I, I don't understand it. But then again, when you look at some of these cities that that these incidents are happening in, and like you said, with the the looting and the pillaging, I mean, in the, the neighborhoods that they're talking about where the issues are, they're the ones burning down places where 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 the people shop and everything else and stealing goods. That's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. If it was a if it was a straight protest and you wanted to make your point, that's not the way to make a point. 
As a matter of fact, that makes it look even worse. Absolutely. So, but you don't hear anybody talking about that. So uh, the other thing I'm noticing, which is changing the topic here, is uh, uh, our streets seem pretty uh, busy still. I mean, it looks like people are staying here rather than going up north. Yeah, I've I've noticed that also. Um, although at certain times it's it's r- really quiet out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, I talked to a few of my restaurant friends. You know, they're hanging in there. I, I'm curious about this weekend with the beaches being um, somewhat closed. I guess you could say that, right? They're they're going to be open in the city. Uh, I guess city and county are doing the same thing. Seven to uh, eleven, you can be on the beach, and then not on the beach again until uh, five till till dusk. I'm I'm very curious about how many about the fireworks uh, that are going to be start to go that are, will start to go off because I heard some of the fireworks stores were literally sold out. Wow! And you know, there's an there's an ordinance in the city that you can't shoot fireworks off. Hmm. So um, uh, it'll be really, really interesting to see what's going to happen, and I and I'm hoping that people will remain safe. I just am wondering we're dry, um, yep. and uh, fire you know, prone. There's always going to be yep, and you know it's going to be accidents with people getting hands and fingers and whatever blown off because it happens all the time. That's right. Yeah. So you just hope that um, that they'll use some some common sense, uh, which will be doubtful, but we can always hope. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I just, uh, in, about these closing of the beaches, and I just wonder about the logic behind these decisions. I'm sure they talk about it. I'm sure they, re- but, you know, what's this got to do with <laughs> coronavirus and and people's good health? I just don't, I, you know, I, the, well, I guess when you're a public yeah. official, you feel like you got to do something, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I think every other, the, I've seen so many public officials on, on different sides of the fence that you don't know. Uh, you don't know w- w- what's what. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of agree with you that what they're obviously trying to do is keep, because since Miami-Dade has got their beaches closed, they're worried about the influx of, uh, of the East Coasters coming over here. But my understanding is that our hotels and motels are packed solid for this weekend. Is that so right? They're going to be doing something. Oh, that's great to hear, uh, because I'm, yeah, I'm very concerned. I've been very concerned yeah. about tourism here, I, and so that's a very good indicator of what's what's going on. Well, we'll find we'll we'll find out, Bob, if it's true or not, because you'll know by the traffic and everything else, and looking at you know driving by some of the places and seeing if it's uh, if there's um, uh, people. I mean, the other thing is, I don't know if I'd want to be eating dinner out sitting outside on Fifth Avenue South and having protesters <laughs> marching by on Saturday night. I I uh, can't quite get that one squared away but um we'll see what happens well, we'll i can't i, I can't imagine sitting outside and eating you know at this time of year it's it's hot <laughs> yeah i know that me neither <laughs> if i'm gonna go me out neither. i want to sit inside <laughs> yeah and uh you know just leave you we're we're still contemplating on heading uh up to new york at the end of the month okay. um and uh we'll, we'll just see what happens we don't go to the city we're, we're not going up to we go to the buffalo area but we stay we're Forty minutes away from the city, yeah, on the lake, small place. So, yeah, yeah. Well, in any event, I hope you have a very safe uh, Independence Day. And uh, by the way, well, there, you too. Yeah, there's a group. Uh, there's on, on at noontime on uh, Saturday, but on the corner of Fifth Avenue and Forty One, there's going to be flag waving. People are bringing their flags and just right. support. That, that's what I was saying. That's awesome. That is awesome. So if I was going to go down and do something, that's what I'd do. But I'm not sure I want to do it in the heat of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just it. You know, um, boy, it is going to be smoking hot. So hopefully people will have a good, safe, uh, uh, quiet weekend, and that's all we can ask for. All right. Well, Mayor Bill, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks, Bob, and you guys be safe, all right? You be safe as well. Thank you so much. All right, well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. I always appreciate your emails and commentary. Uh, You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. By the way, if you'd like to get the newsletter, which I send out after each show, telling you about the content of the show, because most people listen to it, I believe, on uh, podcasts and on my website after the show is over, 
Uh, you can go, uh, send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you join us tomorrow. We're going to visit with Phil Kirpin. He is the president of American Commitment. We'll visit with William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Byron Donalds, our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress, will be with us, as well as Sharon Kenny. Sharon is the author of Where Should We Eat? She writes commentary about news travel about the travel, entertainment, and dining here on the Paradise Coast. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.